Chester here with Autumn Privet, and this is the Reading Women Podcast, where we discuss the greatest and latest books written by or about women. And this is episode 2.5, which means it's our bonus book recommendation show, which is on the fifth Wednesday of the month. I'm excited about this one. I love giving book recommendations. How this is going to work is that you, our listeners, will send us books that you are looking for. So and then we will give you a recommendation and try to answer your questions about books. So, for example, if you don't know what to get your father-in-law for Christmas, or if you just finished Fates and Furies and are looking for something like that, or if you're looking for a specific genre or a specific author, we will do our best to find the best books for you. Yes, and if you want to be featured on a future show, uh, send us a message on our contact page on our website, readingwomenpodcast.com, or tweet us at The Reading Women, uh, and we will be happy to answer your question. And if we don't get to it on the show, because there are only so many Fifth Wednesdays in a year, we will still respond through whatever format you contact us in and get you your book recommendation so you can still have it. Um, so I think pretty much explains how it works. I think so. Um, Autumn? Do you want to start with our first question? Sure. Our first question. I really want my daughter to read books with strong female characters, but most books that I see are romance-type books. What middle-grade books would you recommend that aren't centered around girls' infatuation with boys? That is a serious problem, actually. <laughs> it really is. Like, I mean... I can't really remember once too many that didn't have boys everywhere in them. But um, so I guess I'll start us out. Um, I really like the Dear America series, which is a series of books written by different authors, but it's about different girls set in various time periods. So, for example, there is a girl from the Mayflower. There's a girl during World War II. Uh, there's a girl... Um, around Pearl Harbor, Pearl Harbor um, all throughout history of America. And they're diaries, and they're fictional, you know, historical fiction diaries. But I love them That's so because cool. they're so detailed, like, amazing. And in the back, they have, like, historical info, like, about the actual time period. And they also have an epilogue for the girl. Like, she grew up and did this X, Y, and Z and had children, not had children. You know, it was, it was so interesting. Um, and there are... 40-some, I think, in the series, and they're out uh, hardbacks. A lot of them are out of print now. So that's one of the ones I go around to use bookstores and try to collect because they're just, they're great. How would you compare these to some, I've not read them, but how would you compare these to, like, the American Girl series? I would say that there's just more of them. While American Girl focuses on one girl and expands that with five different books, Okay, this book is these books expand on time. So you have from the Mayflower to the 60s, and you'll have girls from different periods of time, and they'll focus on what life was like on an everyday basis for women, and especially girls of fifth and sixth grade age. And they also include more books by uh, that focus on girls of color. So you have several different books about girls who were former slaves or are slaves, there's some Asian girls uh, in the series. 
Uh, there's even Middle Eastern girls. There's one about uh, a Jewess that comes through. And there's just so much variety. Oh, cool. Yeah, I am a huge, huge fan. And I would recommend this to anyone with girls who may be struggling with history and they just want a little more boost and you want to go on an adventure and you would pick Dear America because they're awesome. And they also have a International Royal Diary series, which is equally great. So all of the above. Cool. So that is what I would recommend. And that is the Dear America series by a bunch of different authors. <laughs> so my recommendation is, might be a little odd, maybe not. I am recommending a series of unfortunate events by Lemony Snicket. I love them. His agent is Daniel Handler, but they are not the same person. If you've read the book, you understand. Um, I love this series. I read it when I was in high school or maybe college. I don't remember. And I could not get through them fast enough. The main characters are a trio of orphaned siblings. So there's... Violet, Klaus, and Sunny. And Violet is amazing. Like, she is, she, I mean, she and her brother work together, but she's the brains behind the organization, as they say. And she's just so clever and so smart. And through the series, all these really weird things happen. And she's so clear-headed and just always helps them get out of these tricky situations. And she doesn't have... A romantic interest in it at all she and her brother and her baby sister spend the whole time trying to track down this mysterious organization known as the vfd so i love it it's smart it's funny i still reference these books and talk about them all the time and as a side note i'm really looking forward to the new netflix series yes they're, and they're also, like, yes. I really want to, I really need to go and collect them because they're in used bookstores everywhere. And so you could get they're everywhere. copies really easily. I really like, I also like Sunny. Oh, I She's love Sunny. <laughs> like, I don't think she can talk that much this quickly, but that's okay. She's or cook food. That's really funny. <laughs> and I just love the world that he builds. They're so, like, I'm sitting here now, and, like, I can see the world in my head, and it's been a couple of years since I read them. But they're also, they're good for middle grade, but they're also a little bit smarter. So if it's, I think if, if a younger kid read it, they would still like it, but if an older kid read it, that they would still enjoy it. I enjoyed it. They're humorous, and I would just laugh and laugh and laugh. So my recommendation is a series of unfortunate events by Lemony Snicket. Awesome. Um, I also love them. So, um, the, our next question is, uh, Christian fiction doesn't always have the best writing or is just disguised as clean in quotes romances. What quality Christian authors would you suggest? Well, I am going to go to, I'm going to go to my favorite, obviously, uh, Flannery O'Connor. She I just love her. I love her <laughs> so much. And and she's written several novels, or she's written two novels, but her short stories are my favorite. And if you don't have time to read the complete short stories, which is huge, it's probably like six inches thick, something like that, uh, I would suggest Everything That Rises Must Converge. And I will say, most people read the collection A Good Man is Hard to Find. But... 
everything that rises must converge has two stories in it that I particularly love. Well, actually I I love most of them, (laughs) but the lame shall enter first is almost like a parable. And it's really, it, it is still, it's, it might be my favorite. I'm not sure. It's hard to pick favorites, but then revelation is a really good story in there. A view of the woods is a good story. They're just some of her stories that don't always get a ton of uh, publicity or press. And but she has some in these stories specifically have a lot of amazing uh, religious themes. So my recommendation is "Everything That Rises Must Converge" by Flannery O'Connor. Yes, it's your author crush. She's my author crush. Waving the author crush flag. I may or may not mention her in every episode. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Keep like a tally. Um, so uh, my recommendation is Gilead by Marilyn Robinson. Um, and this is a fantastic book about a Congregationalist minister who is very old. He had his son later in life, and he's writing a diary to his son, like a guest series of letters to his son, because he knows that he's probably going to die before his son reaches manhood. And he wants to just describe what he was like and actually help his son get to know him. And uh, it's actually part of a trilogy. And Gilead, the first book, uh, won the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction. Uh, It was a Penn Faulkner Award nominee and five billion other nominations, awards, and so on and so forth. So it's amazing. Now, the one... um, thing uh, I guess clarification I would give is that it needs to be savored it's very deep very philosophical and you have to just take it at the guy's pace you can't rush through it you have to just study it and um I think it's just so beautiful and it it allows you to look at um Christianity as a culture and one of the main reasons I like this book is within the trilogy you can see there's um the uh, protagonist, um, John Ames, his best friend is a Methodist minister and they're buddies. And the Methodist minister has a son that got a girl in trouble and then left. And you can see how they both react to that incident. Um, and I think it directly addresses the times that Christianity really fails in how it reacts to things. And then you have John Ames, the one who's thinking about it and trying to react appropriately uh, to when the sun comes back. Um, And I think, you know, we as Christians need to, you know, uh, the Christian community needs to recognize that there are problems in the culture and to address that. And I really like how Marilyn Robinson is doing that. She does it in a very tactful way. And she's pretty cool because the president interviewed her, which is amazing. Yes. And so yes. points for and her. And when her pastor is gone, she preaches, you know, she fills the pulpit when he's gone sometimes. And I just think that's the coolest thing since sliced bread. Like <laughs> I want to go. I will travel to across the country to go to your church. She's so cool. Yes. So and that was Gilead by Marilyn Robinson. I got it in. I didn't forget. Our next question is, besides Nancy Drew, who I also love, by the way, 
there are like zero mystery books with strong female protagonists. That might be an, an exaggeration, but you get the idea. Help. Kendra? Oh, yes. Um, I am going to recommend uh, Flavia de Luce uh, by Alan Bradley, and that's actually a series. And the first one is The Sweetness at the Bottom of the Pie. And it's set in 1950, and Flavia is a young uh, aspiring chemist, and she gets into a lot of trouble. Like, she just sticks her nose where uh, it doesn't belong. And she finds this dead bird on the doorstep and a postage stamp bizarrely pinned to its beak. And so she discovers this mystery. And so she wanders around her little town trying to figure out this mystery. And all the adults are like, what are you doing? Like, stop. But she doesn't stop. And she's always at the scene where something's going on. Um, and she's just really funny. It's like an old woman is trapped in a little girl's body. She's so um, cool. I love her. <laughs> I know. Uh, Autumn's the one that originally recommended it. Um, so I, I, it's just really funny. And I did the audiobook for this one. And they actually have an older woman narrating, which also emphasizes the idea that it's an adult in this girl's body and she's just really funny it's so cool and it's cool too because like within the story she's contrasted to her sisters who just want to get married and Flavia (laughs) even though she's like 11 and shouldn't be getting married uh, she's just always baffled by what why do you like she's like science is more important than marriage so she's super cool I love her (laughs) little nerdy kid and her sister (laughs) like I have no idea what to do with you (laughs) she's fabulous my recommendation is the Trixie Belden series, and it is more like Nancy Drew in the sense that it was written probably a little bit after um, Nancy Drew was first published. But it's the same, it's a similar kind of scenario where it's a girl who lives in rural New England and she goes around with her friends solving mysteries and you know, solving crimes and figuring out everything that's wrong with everybody. And I read these as mm, around the time I was reading Nancy Drew, I guess. And so they're, they're really good. Like I enjoyed them. It's been a long time since I've read some of them, but if you're looking for something like Nancy Drew, that's not exactly Nancy Drew. I would definitely recommend Trixie Belden. Uh, And I'm going to sneak in another recommendation I'll pretend I'm I'm not hearing, listening. Pretend you're not there. Uh, There's a series called Beverly Gray, and it was published early, like 1920s maybe. If my dates are wrong, forgive me. Numbers aren't my thing. It's the reason I'm an English major. Um, But they're really cool because she, she being Beverly Gray, the protagonist, she's trying to become a journalist in a man's world. And so a lot of it has to do, she does solve mysteries along the way, but a lot of it focuses on her trying to become a journalist when women weren't being journalists. So my, so that would be Trixie Belden series and then the Beverly Gray series. And I'm sure Autumn would love to give you even more mystery recommendations. Oh, yeah. So just tweet at her. Be never ended. <laughs> I, I love Beverly Gray. Oh my goodness. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, our next question is, um, my son is moving into junior high and I'm worried he'll stop reading because his friends don't think it's cool. What books would he be interested in? Um, I think Autumn has the first one for that one. I do. I would recommend the Percy Jackson yes. series. Yes. I love Percy Jackson so much. <laughs> I still read it. Like I like first week they come out, I go and I'm like, I love Rick Riordan. I don't care. Okay. Go down. Go oh. down. Okay. I just read the lightning thief for the first time a couple of months ago, actually. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Greek mythology is cool. So it's really cool what he does. He makes all these like Greek and Roman myths accessible. Uh, Percy Jackson is somehow a descendant of the gods, and I don't remember how. Well, that's kind of a spoiler-ish. Oh. Should we cut this part out? He's a demigod. No, it's okay. okay. You know he's someone's son. Okay, well. And if you've watched the movies, you know who he is, but that's okay. So Percy Jackson is at this uh, is some sort of demigod of some kind, and he goes around on these quests and stuff, and it's it's amazing. Like I was impressed. I was I actually learned stuff when I read it. So yeah, Percy Jackson. There's several 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 books. Is he still publishing them? Yes, yes, he is. Okay. So so he's he, still publishing them. Yeah, so. yes. This one, this the first Percy Jackson, the original series, is about Greek mythology. He has a trilogy about Egyptian mythology. He has another five books about Roman mythology, which also has Percy Jackson in it. And he's also started a a Norse mythology series. And now he's gone back where Apollo has been um, punished by Zeus to be immortal. That's happened a couple times where he's been made mortal by Zeus as a punishment. And so that is about Apollo. And that's the most recent one. I almost recommended that one for new books. But since you're doing Percy Jackson, I'll just plug it in here. And I think we found something Kendra loves. I I I love. I don't care if I'm not in junior high anymore. <laughs> I, I I love Percy Jackson, and I helped I helped Sam study for a test on early cultures or whatever, and I knew all of the gods and goddesses because of Percy Jackson. So see, your kids will learn, and they won't even know it. Exactly. Win win. Or or you could learn. Or you could who learn. Cares, who cares if you're an adult and reading Percy Jackson? <laughs> So then okay. your real recommendation is... <laughs> uh, right. So I recommended, like, I had a very outdoorsy, uh, manly brother. I mean, I do. He's still alive. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm recommending The Hatchet, which is basically about a boy who is stranded out into the wilderness. Um, there's, a, like, this plane crash, and he is stuck out there. And so he must figure out how to stay alive until someone finds him because there's supposed to be a delivery of some kind out there. So he has to survive for, it says 54 days on the description. Um, and then there's the series. So there's like uh, Brian's winter would say if, you know, he had to stay there longer than just 54 days, what, how would he survive the winter? Um, there's one where Brian's older and he comes back, but the first one is great. And I, Loved it, um, even though it was about a 13-year-old boy. And you get sort of like Laura Ingalls Wilder for boys. You get to see how he survived and how he makes a shelter and starts fire and shoots things and, and whatever. So 
Um, it's also a good bit of nature writing, uh, if you like that kind of thing. And so it's a very, um, I guess, manly book. Um, so that is uh, The Hatchet by Gary Paulson. That one sounds cool. Yeah. I, I, I really liked it, and I posted it on Litzy, and I was very, very surprised at how many people are like, oh, I read that in sixth grade, and I loved it. I didn't even know. Yeah, I, I was on an audiobook kick, and I was desperate for another one, so I just picked it up at random. It was a good find. You're good at those random finds, though. I, well, I, I, get, I get desperate quite frequently. <laughs> I ran out of books. So not recently, uh, but our, let's see, we are on, what question are we on? Question five. Wow. So question five is, there are so many good books coming out. It's pretty overwhelming. What would you recommend? Oh, that was, that was a perfect segue. All the things we're reading. Yes. That's because we're awesome. Subconsciously awesome. <laughs> um, okay. So. My recommendation is The Gene and Intimate History by Siddhartha Mukherjee. And he wrote The Emperor of All Maladies, which won the Pulitzer Prize. And that one was about cancer. And um, this one is about the gene. And Mukherjee is a doctor. He's a very, very brilliant doctor who teaches at Columbia, um, I believe. And so he wrote this book. And yes, it is like 500-some pages long. Um, thankfully, a, a lot of the ends, there's a lot of end notes. Um, but anyway, it's well worth it. So he basically takes the story of the gene and does like a narrative nonfiction, sort of like uh, Mary Roach does, but he is a bit more scientifically sound because he is, he is a scientist. Um, and he just he goes in like how we discovered the gene with the monk and the and the pea pods, <laughs> and he takes like you have Darwin, and he just takes you through the entire history and story of how the gene came to be, uh, where it was, who discovered what, and how. Then he covers eugenics and eugenics in America, and I had no idea um, how horrible that could have been if World War II hadn't happened, uh, which is kind of a sad thing that it took a world war to stop America from doing horrible things like they sterilized women uh by force and a lot of states had um laws that you could sterilize people of x y and z and most of them were just poor they weren't actually you know that's so upsetting yes yes i can't oh, I, and it's pretty recent too like this is an ancient history like what that's the 20s the 20s something the 50s like or that. something i don't know we'll read the book and you'll get the exact dates um, but it also covers, um, through the present, like what they're looking into now and what we could possibly look for in science discovery, scientific discoveries. And I do like that he says, just because we can do it does not mean we should do it. Mm -hmm. And if that sounds familiar, it's because it's from Jurassic Park. <laughs> and so that lesson, I was like, you can tell he, he did it, you know, anyway. I thought it was cool. That's so cool. Yeah. I I want to read that one. Yeah, and that's The Gene by Siddhartha Mukherjee. Well worth the multitudinous amounts of pages. It doesn't feel like it's that many pages. It's like the, the, the goldfinch. Well, it's good when you have... Nar narrative always helps when it comes to nonfiction, especially something that scientific. 
Yeah, and he had a great pacing. I was like, you must have had a wonderful editor. Like, yay for editors. Yes, three cheers. So my recommendation is All the Single Ladies by Rebecca Traster, and it came out in March of this year. I'm so excited about this one, too. <laughs> I love all I <laughs> love this book so much. I read it very recently, and it is a, I guess it's a basically a comprehensive, well, a, a fairly comprehensive history of women in America, and I was shocked when I some of the things I read in this book it just and it's not a memoir per se she does interview some of her friends but it's not autobiographical or anything like that it's a historical look at women and women's rights in America and she starts all the way back at the pilgrims and moves forward to present times and talks about voting rights and property ownership rights I had no idea that women couldn't get buy houses on their own until like the seventies. Like they mind. had to, oh man, like they had to pass a law. All this stuff, and so I am recommending it to everyone because if you, I come across people from time to time who say things like, "Oh well, you know, women have the right to vote. What else do they need?" And I'm like, "Well, there's really way, <laughs> yeah." I've had people said that say that to me, so. This this book was so eye-opening just about how far we've come as women but how much farther we have to go because she talks some about paternity leave and maternity leave and how since the work week is set around a patriarchal construct, how no wonder women can't achieve work-life balance. It's pretty interesting. There's, I'm still chewing on some of the things she talked about, but if you're interested in women or women's issues or the history of women in America, I highly, 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 highly recommend All the Single Ladies by Rebecca Traister. And I co I co recommend that. It's very That's good. Amazing. And you probably are interested in women if you're listening to this podcast. So yes. basically this means yes. you have to now go out and get it. And exactly. Read it. <laughs> well, and this is and this is a good one to loan out to people. Yes. If people are concerned or confused about what you're interested in or don't understand why women's issues are important, just just hand them this book. <laughs> just say, here, read. Yes. And it's really funny, too, as well. Oh, she, she's, oh, my she's hilarious. I love her. Okay. Yeah. Quick gushing. We'll stop. We'll stop now. We'll try. Um, okay. Our sixth question is um, very snarky individual. Um, I... Hold on. Okay, here we go. Can I just get a book where the woman isn't a pushover and or doesn't have to give up everything for her partner? That would be great. Thanks. <laughs> Good question. So my first recommendation for this one is The Secret Life of Bees by Sue Monk Kidd. And, oh man, like, have you read this book? No, I, I have it on my computer oh, waiting. Like, it is magical. I, it's about this girl who, her mother died when she was younger, and she lives with her father, and he's very abusive physically, emotionally. And so she runs away with their African-American housekeeper. And she's welcomed, so she's a, a white girl, 
and she's welcomed into this house of this friend, a friend of her housekeeper. They go to the house of a friend of the housekeeper. Whew, that was a mouthful. Wow. And it is a two sisters who live in this house and they keep bees. And so this girl enters into this, this house and she just finds this solidarity with this group of women. And it's so, it's so powerful because, you know, this girl is so lost at the beginning of the story. And you see that by being in a group of strong women who support each other and who care about each other, how much she heals in all of that and how much she grows and learns. And it's, it's just beautiful. And throughout the book, she, uh, she being Sumant kid weaves in this metaphor of the queen bee of the hive. And it's not overdone and it's not tacky or anything like that. It's very well done. And I just loved it. So it's the secret life of bees by Sue Monk kid. Bump that up my TBR. It is. It's good. There's just so many, so many. So I never had enough time to read. Like I've already almost hit my goal for the year. And it's like June. I said, and I, still, I still don't feel like I read enough. I don't understand. Well, how well if you've almost hit your goal, uh, then, you know, you can just slip this one in. <laughs> I'll have to. Um, okay. Mine is actually, so I have this friend who loves, loves, loves Jane Eyre. And she kept telling me, Kendra, this is a book for you. You will like it. And I'm more of a Wuthering Heights kind of girl. I just like the overtop drama. I don't take it too seriously. But then I read Jane Eyre and I was like, oh my goodness, this is a fantastic feminist book. Um, and it is the quote that, um, I am no bird and no net ensnares me. I am a free human being with an independent will. And she says, um, uh, there's another one where she asked you know, the guy, do you think I'm an automaton machine without feelings? And she talks about how basically she is a woman who is also human being. And so she also feels and it was just fantastic. And she will not like it's, you know, she's pretty famous for not staying with Rochester because, you know, he already was married and he put the mad woman in the attic and she waited until they were equals before she would marry him. And it is just a gorgeous book um, because it's just so it's, it's so that early. And Charlotte Bronte is the one that Autumn and I were talking about where her husband tried to censor um, her letters yep. to um, her friend, which I just think it's kind of ironic that such a very independent woman married this kind of guy. Um, but her options are probably slim back then. Probably. But like her sisters, like they died and didn't, right? They all died and they didn't get married. She was the only one that got married. Of the three Bronte sisters, I believe. So um, it's just very, very sad. Um, so I highly recommend this book. Like I was very surprised at how much I love now Jane Eyre, um, and uh, and also if you if you ended up reading a, a Room of One's Own from our previous podcast, Virginia Woolf talks about the Bronte sisters a lot in there, um, which is cool as well. So um, that's Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. Um, definitely recommend that one. And I think that's our show. That's it. Yeah. 
Um, remember, you can contact us on social media with your questions and requests for book recommendations. And don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. This is very, very helpful so other people can find the podcast. Um, and I just will thank you over the moon if you please <laughs> go do that. So the next time, our next podcast theme is going to be books by women of color. So this will begin the first week of July. And in the meantime, you can find me, Autumn Privet, on Twitter, Litzy, and Instagram at Autumn Privet. And you can find Kendra at Katie Winchester. And you, if you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us on Twitter or on our website, readingwomenpodcast.com. And thanks for listening. Thanks. See you next time.